0: Welcome, everyone. This is Brian Kirchner with Good Dog Workshop again, and I am joined once again by my good buddy, Josh.
1: Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me again.
0: Appreciate you being here. So uh, just for new listeners, we want to let you know that we're your podcast resource for successfully working with your dogs. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We're here to help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with their nature, not against them. In short, we're here to teach you how to speak dogs. So thank you everyone for joining us. Today's topic is is kind of an interesting one uh, for me personally. Um, this is our relationships with dogs and it's kind of a broad topic, but, uh, but I think it's a, a neat one to cover so that people get to know us a little bit more, a little bit more about how we work and also about, uh, um, our feelings about dogs that we've worked with, but also dogs that we've owned. Um, so how do you feel about this topic, Josh?
1: Uh, yeah, like you said, I man, I think it's going to be pretty wide open. Um, and have kind of jump into some specifics with specific dogs that we worked with or just had, you know, for, uh, for, as pets ourselves or, you know, kind of jump into that. I don't know which, which direction do you really want to take this?
0: Well, um, you know, good, good questions there. So I think the, the first thing that I want to ask you, cause I've been asked this question before is what do you look for in a, in a dog that you want to, that you want to have around you?
1: That is a great question. Um, and man, I think I know I kind of discussed this previously to me, um, I don't necessarily I'm like shopping for a dog. I think, what um, a big problem that people run into is is looking for something that's aesthetically pleasing or and that's you know for lack of better words being attracted to a dog um physically but i I think for me is really um just a low-key energy and thinking about how much work that i'm going to have to put into this and that's kind of sounds one-sided but i mean I want a dog. I want, to, I want to have an enjoyable relationship with a dog. I don't want to add stress to my life. I mean, if this is a client's dog that we're working with, it's a completely different thing, the time, the energy that you do put into this. Um, but in saying if I was going to have a dog in my house, I'm just looking for something, I mean, a, a dog that's really low-key, low-energy, and that really responds well in, in all aspects, I guess.
0: Okay. All right. And that's interesting. when you uh, When you said that earlier when we were discussing this topic, you said, um, you want a dog that's not going to make your life more difficult. I, I had the same reaction. I was like, "Oh, that's a really practical, pragmatic uh, reasoning there." And uh, I told you that for me, it's a it's a very, I don't know if emotional is too strong a word, but it's a it's a very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, I can't think of it. But but it's a it's a very it's a very emotional connection that I have with a dog. I remember feeling that way about uh, about Morgan and about Red. Um, and about Annie, when I first got her, she was my first dog. Um, and I want to, you know, it's almost a love at first sight feeling is you know it when it happens, but you, you really couldn't describe it.
1: Right. So, I guess my question for you, uh, within, with inside of that, what do you feel like that you're, you're seeing in the dog that makes you feel that way?
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's such a cool question. So, I evaluated and went into the SPCA again, uh, the Falkir SPCA uh, run by Devin Settle. Love this place. Love the people there. Um, worked with, um, a young German Shepherd female. nice dog. Um, you know, she barked at the, uh, at the, at the cage when we first got her, but then she, Listened well. She had a decent desire to please, so that's one thing that you know that's at the top of my list. As I want a, I want a dog who wants to do something for me, and, right. and yeah, that that sounds pretty selfish there. Um, <laughs> but you know, it is it is a two way relationship. Um, but as I you know, as we got the dog out in out in the paddock and. Tested her with Vivian and tested her with Ariel and tested her with Red and Red went after her a few times because she was being kind of goofy and spazzy and you know then then they um, they did great together. Um, it didn't take me long before I realized okay I I don't need to have this dog in my life. She's a nice dog, and so what was it about that dog that made me think that? Um, she didn't look to to me for guidance. And I I really like to have a dog who's checking in with me, who there's a, there's a, Um, it's almost a tangible connection where a dog's like, okay, yeah, you're my person. I, I, I know this already. And, and, you know, eye contact is, is part of it, but also just, just the physical closeness A dog is circling back um, to me. And that's part of the reason why like a herding dog too, is because we've instinctively, you know, we've, we've taught them over hundreds or thousands of years that go do a job and then come check in with me and then go do a job again and come check in with me. So I hope that kind of answers the question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the way that you explained it, the way that it translates to me is h- how much work do I have to put into it, <laughs> um, which you know, I think is great. I guess to kind of backtrack there, um, you said uh, how, how, you know, Red and Vivian responded to that dog. How much time, oh, let, me, let me shift gears here. I guess how much time would you give yourself to, to realize the how that relationship is going to pan out? If that that makes sense. Between
0: me and the dog or between my dogs and that dog? Well, both.
1: (laughs) Two-part question.
0: Between, Between me and the dog, just a few minutes, if that. With with Red, it was almost instantaneous when I met him at the Fairfax County Shelter, and also uh, with uh, with any new dog that comes into my home. I had Morgan with me when I went to evaluate Red, so I needed to know what Morgan thought of of Red as well. So I kind of you know looked for his approval as well. And once Morgan gave me the approval, I was like, yeah, Red Red is easily going to be my next
1: dog. Right, absolutely. No, that's yeah, I, I totally agree. And I I think when you kind of said love at first sight um, for me. A lot of it does have to do with uh, how quickly the dog responds to me and looks for direction because I feel like a lot of, a lot of the time – well, most of the time, um, anytime I'm approaching a new dog, I, I feel like I'm always doing it the same way yeah. uh, because I'm looking for the same results. Uh, regardless of the dog or who, whoever, you know, the dog belongs to, I'm always looking for the same results. So like, yeah, I, I guess, uh, I'm definitely on track with you there. If, if I'm not getting results within the first, I don't know, maybe five minutes, uh, if I'm making corrections to this dog and he's just kind of like, not really paying me any mind, I'm like, how long is it going to take for the dog that, uh, you know, to, to feel the same way, to feel the way that, that I'm looking to feel how I'm, what I'm searching for? Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, <laughs> so, I follow you on that. Yeah, mind. that was a little difficult to put the word. So, yeah, I guess I, I definitely follow you there. Um, I don't – I mean, you have another layup question for me? I don't think I really have anything else for that.
0: <laughs> no, no. It, the, I'm not sure if I answered the second part to your question is, is how soon do how soon do I know that my dog is going to get along with another dog? Was that, was that the other part of your question?
1: Well, it it was it started to be that. I think you kind of answered it um, with the, the two-part relationship with you guys. What I – my next question wanted to more or less related to how much do you trust your dogs or how much faith do you put in them to make that decision for you? How much, how much weight does, does their reaction have uh, on your decision?
0: Well, the first pretty question, I, I have a hundred percent faith and trust in them. And that's, that's why I like working with, um, with my dogs and, you know, whether it's my dogs or someone else's dogs to have a known commodity that I know Vivian is never going to, cause another dog to react to her because of, of her energy level. Whereas Ariel, because she's anxious, I know she's likely to cause another dog to, to react to her in a, in a certain way, but only up to a certain level and, and, you know, red and, and so forth. Um, so I, I like, I like working with the pack and I, I think they make me better at, uh, at what I do. I don't, don't think I would be nearly as, uh, um, as, quick to read a dog um, if I didn't have them around, although I do, you know, I do start without the dogs all the time sure. um, so I have 100% faith in them you know, do I need their their opinions, do I need their approval to know that a dog is going to work with them? No, not really because I can I can make just about any dog work in the pack and it may be partly because my standards are different than other people's standards and I only demand coexistence. I don't need dogs to be racing around the house and being best friends and sleep next to each other and all that stuff and I know a lot of people do that. So although I have pretty high standards in a lot of aspects of my work with dogs, I just need them to get along and if they're going to fight in the house, they're going to do it once or twice and then that's that's it.
1: Right, and and I'm I'm glad you worded that the way you did because I, I wrote down a question for myself here, um, and it was like, do your expectations match the dog's ability? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that runs right in line with. I mean, you're looking at a dog. Um, are they going to be capable of, uh, you know, um, meshing with your family, your routine, uh, how you carry yourself, and and whatnot? And if if you don't see that immediately, if you're gonna if if you're forcing that early on. Uh, I think it's just kind of foreshadowing how that relationship is is going to be in the long run
0: yeah that's a that 's a really good point, and that reminds me um with uh, Sakura, which is a dog that 's still at the at the s p c eight or no did she get adopted? I think Elena had told me that maybe they'd found a home for her in any case this this really really shut down dog um Carlos and I had brought her brought her back for a week um when we were evaluating her in the paddock, probably. Five minutes into it, I remember turning to to the ladies there. I don't know who was out back, Maddie or or Devin. And I said, I don't I don't think I'm the right person for this dog. I'm happy to take her home and try and help her out. But I just got a sense. And that's one of those things where if I could explain it to you, you know, I could I could solve the world's problems. But I just didn't have a strong sense that that she and I were going to make the the relationship work for for both both her and i and and i you know you could you could say well you you projected and you made that happen self-fulfilling prophecy um you know because i did bring her uh bring her back after after it just it just wasn't working she wasn't getting any any better coming out of her shell at my house um so that's a possibility but i i definitely got a sense that that wasn't the right relationship for for me and her with my dogs even though you know i couldn't really project onto them i don't think
1: Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I had myself lined up here with uh, let's see, with expectations uh, matching their ability. Um, I, I think that's where I kind of jump tracks here, where a lot of people come into a problem with trying to force. Uh, yeah. they, they find the dog like, and I think it just goes back to maybe they're maybe they're feeling that love at first sight, but they're not really reading the right signs. Uh, like I said, and I think that comes with a lot of just looking at the aesthetics of a dog and how the dog appears um, like physically and, uh, and maybe even how other people might view you with this dog. I know I, at first oh, yeah. uh, when I was, cause I really love German shepherds and I feel like my first tr- uh, trial uh, with King, super high energy, super high prey drive. And I, man, I, I had to put in so much work with this yeah. dog and I mean, it was just, it was very, very stressful. And I, I I tried to use him as an appointment dog and take him out, but uh, it, it was more to the point where like I was using him to see if I could get a dog to react. It wasn't like this, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, Hey, let me see how your dog reacts. Does your dog re- respond? Well, right. I knew the reaction was going to be poor. So that's why I would bring him out, but it was just so much work. So I guess to, to jump back on those tracks, um, just, I mean, I guess, how, how would you put that in the words as far as is that to kind of, Honed down on what someone's looking for in a dog. Uh, could you speak to that at all?
0: Yeah, I think I think you you actually described it earlier, and and uh, I think Carlos and I did a podcast on this: is what to look for in a in a dog. And I think what you what you liked about King number one, you rescued him from basically a hoarding situation, right? right?
1: This, this is true. Yeah, was a very 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 bad situation. Uh, I I was actually doing uh, I was still doing HVAC work at the time, and he was actually I think it was like. Man, 12 degrees outside when I had gone to this house, and he was tied up outside to a tree. Uh, and th- there was nothing else out there. There was no dog house. There was no you know food or water bowls. Uh, and I go inside, and the house was really, it, it was it was like something you would see on TV. Like you said, like a hoarder situation. And I ended up talking to them, uh, being a veteran. I'm like, hey, you know, I'd really like to get to know this dog, and I'd even come back and visit. Uh, in and out, I think they someone had dumped the dog on them. Um, and they, and, they, and they had some high energy uh, I think they had some special needs children too so their, their lives were really hectic I don't think it was their heart was where it needed to I mean, their heart was where it needed to be but they just didn't have the um, uh, 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 the, the time and energy to put into it anyway so yeah I, I, I rescued him from that and we took him home and uh, I mean it wasn't love at first sight I mean I, I really I tried to force that relationship and between my wife and my other kids it, it was really it was really difficult
0: yeah and I, I remember I mean, personally, he had way too much energy, way too much drive for for me, and he he responded much better to you than than to me, which is which is fine. Um, but I remember thinking, this is this is a a challenge and josh likes a challenge so he's going to put everything he has into this dog whether he actually likes the dog or not <laughs> and i i not never sure that you that you grew to to like king the way the way that i always cared for uh, for my dogs and not not that you know i need to have an opinion on that but yeah he was a lot of work and so that's one of the things that that i always try to try to assess um with new clients on the phone is you know, okay, you've got this behavior challenge with your dog. How much time are you willing to put in? How much how much work are you willing willing to do? Or if someone's looking to get a to get a new dog, those are the questions I'll ask them. Well, what's your lifestyle like? Are you pretty active? Are you pretty sedentary? If you're if you're active, then yeah, maybe maybe you want to consider a a high energy herding dog. You know, probably not a m- Malinois because that's a whole other ball of wax there. Right. But if you if you're pretty sedentary, then maybe you know something like an English bulldog or or a, or a senior senior dog or you know something like that is a, is a better fit for you. So I think, I think that the main point there is to, is to find a dog to look for a dog that matches your lifestyle and your energy, which is part, you know, your physical energy. You know, do you run a lot or, or are you active? But also, I think, kind of who you are. Um, you know, if you're if you're an uptight person, if you're an anxious person, if you're low key, if stuff doesn't get to you, whatever, try and find a dog that's going to mesh with that and not get under your skin or or make you feel bad about about you know whether you are doing something with them all the time or not.
1: Right. Yeah. No. That that makes perfect sense. And I I go back to what he said. I I like to challenge myself, and I think that was early on. And I mean, I was early on in my marriage. Uh, i didn't have as many kids and then as time goes on i have you know deeper into the marriage i have more children i think my my focus definitely shifted and then as far as you know the difference between what i was looking for in a dog then versus what i'm looking for in a dog now which has definitely evolved into the i want a calm demeanor i want a dog that gets excitable has a ball drive maybe interested in water um but something that i can always reel back i want something a a dog that has an off switch uh, and that i could easily turn it off i don't want to have to keep you know, uh, this dog that resets every even five minutes. I mean, if it's, if it's a constant having to flick the switch on and off, it's, it's just too much. Really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Too, too much work. So, so that brings me to my next question is what do you like about your dog tank? What, what are your, some of your favorite things about him?
1: Oh, I like his head. It's big and blocky. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, man, he's just a great dog. Um, he's great with our kids. I describe how he is. Uh, um, his demeanor really how he carries himself. He's very, he's very soft. And -hmm. when he approaches someone, he always, he always has his his head down. His ears are down. He's, he's very fluid. He's never, ever stiff. Um, unless we're greeting like a, a, a visibly aggressive dog, um, uh, in which instance he has gotten stiff and kind of gotten nasty. But that's another part that I love about him because a lot of people, I think when we start working with dogs and starting to correct certain behaviors, people are often concerned that, oh, he might take the pr- protective aspect out of the dog. I'm like, nah, it's never going to go away. We're just reorganizing this hierarchy. Uh, so the dog's responses are going to be there when they need to be. Um, so to, to, to fully answer your question, I love how soft he is, but I also love how, how rigid he can be when he needs to be. Um, and then, it's just it's just great all around, man. Really.
0: And and you mentioned you mentioned ball drive, and you yep. mentioned water specifically. So talk about that with Tank.
1: Uh, ball drive, yeah, he's awesome. I mean, he can play it's just ball for hours, and it's one of those things I feel like you must have to be careful with, <laughs> depending on the weather, you know, or or the kids running around. If you might run one of them over, um, but it's just um, he he uh, he has a lot of uh, he's he's uh, very eager to please, yep. uh, which is which is huge, and he just. He, he responds well to everything. I, I, I don't have to be overbearing with him. And it's to the point where he's so soft-natured that the kids can even make corrections for him. Right. Um, and the kids go through the feeding ritual. So, um, yeah, I just think the, the biggest thing is his soft, low energy. But we can ramp it up when we need to, and then we can shut it down uh, just, just as easily.
0: Yeah, and that's Tank was uh, was with me for a while when I had Tank and Aerial together, um, and it was you know many years into my career of doing this that I realized oh this is what people talk about when they say. Don't have sibling dogs together Because Tank and Ariel drove me crazy They would not leave each other alone So Tank was with us for a while And then, and then we, you know, we, we found uh, that He was a great match for you But when Tank was with me, one of the coolest things about him Was when he would jump up on the bed I swear, mid-air He would curl up into a ball And go to sleep before he hit the top of the bed It was so <laughs> funny. So that's one thing I really like about Tank is When he calms down, when he switches off He is done, and he is out and you can lay on him, you can drape an arm over him, or not. You know, he's really, really just kind of right down the middle on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you bring that up as far as draping on him. I mean, the kids crawl on him yeah. and act like they're. I always have to tell the kids to get off of him because I'm afraid they're going to hurt his hips, you know. and uh, But to compare how King was, the you know, the Sable Drummer shepherd that we had, high energy um, versus Tank, very low energy, uh, if the, if one of my kids just kind of got close to him or, or, he, or touched his paw, he would never get aggressive, but he would go into a, avoidance and, uh, he would just, he would get up and, you know, scratch the floor and try to get away as quickly as possible, which, uh, no, no damage really, but it's just that high level of anxiety and that yeah. energy that was so, so sharp. Um, it, it's a huge, it's a, a drastic difference between, between King and Tank and which is, I guess it makes us appreciate Tank, uh, that much more. If that, if that if that makes sense, just yeah. b- just because he, he is so soft, especially with the kids, and I think, um, just moving forward as your desires evolve, I think it's just really important to know what you're looking for and then know what you appreciate. I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. And so when we were at the uh, at the SPCA a couple of days ago, looking at a different German Shepherd, um, you and and your wife finally got to meet. Um, uh, Devin's Bernie's mountain dog shine. And I know, I know, um, I know Amanda really, really took a shine to, to that dog. Um, and to me, big, easy, low energy dog, soft features, soft temperament. What did you think of that?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I agree, man. I think I love large dogs. I'm never looking for a toy or something I can put in my purse, but I think, uh, they're just so similar. I think it's, it's hard to speak on it um, specifically because I feel like when I look at them, I'm like, yeah, this dog is soft. It's, it's non-reactive to pretty much everything. Um, they're just kind of not necessarily aloof, but there's just a very little concern with it. They're, they're aware of the surroundings, but very little concern of how, uh, how they're going to react to really anything
0: right so so from that standpoint, pretty much the opposite of King, not anxious and not over not
1: hyper alert uh, absolutely yeah okay. yeah yeah King I mean it was to the point where I mean with King's prey drive, you just had to watch him with everything because he, he was it was almost like it was uh, his uh, hurting nature but it was just the prey drive was so high I was worried I mean if he got a hold of a cat or something of that nature, it's just, it was just too much yeah
0: so but if you were if you were still in the military if you if you you know went on deployment again, you'd want king by your side right
1: Right. Uh, yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) but now that you're home in the states and you have a family and you have kids and you have work and you don't have time to exercise a dog 60 miles a day you prefer a dog like tank
1: right exactly and and i think that goes back into the like um just the uh, expectations evolving really what what i was looking for yeah huge difference um for sure, and the military looking for something high drive, something very reactive, something that's uh, that sharp, that's going to notice uh, even the smallest movements. You know, before you do exactly, yeah, before I do it, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point too. If I, if we're walking down the street with tank, I mean, I'll see a squirrel or whatever before he does. Not to say that he's not interested in those things, but it's usually he, it's just. He's not as reactive so he he's he's on low alert if that makes sense versus King which is like always using his eyes and always looking for something um, not even out of place just always looking for something
0: yeah and that's and that's one thing I, I have to say personally that drives me crazy when when I board dogs or, or uh, you know have have certain dogs around me is if I can't like rock back in my chair here at my desk without a dog popping up okay. That dog is way too close to me and way too high energy and way too on alert. With Red and Vivian, sometimes they notice when I get up and leave the room and sometimes they don't. I like a dog who's not on all the time. And like you said, when we need them to be on, they'll be on. When we need to have them be off, they'll be off. But we don't have to keep flipping the switch on these dogs off 60 times a day. Um, so that leads me to another question, which I guess was initially your question is so, in looking for another dog, how big a factor does Tank play in finding that new dog? Uh,
1: yeah, no, great question. Um, v- very big. I mean, if, you know, anytime you add a, a new aspect to the pack, uh, um, it's, it, it evolves. So it's, how is Tank going to react to anything that this dog does? How is this dog going to react to, Man, how how Tank reacts. I think the biggest thing for me would be Tank's low energy. How it's how his energy is going to be affected. If if his if he's a four now, but when this dog is around, he's going to be a seven, and it's not going to work because I'm like it just goes back to the how much time and energy I'm going to have to put into correcting this dog to get the desired results. It's just it's exhausting. I mean, it's it's, it's literally a full time job, and I think shift gears here a little bit um so tank with me is amazing but for my wife who's not as vigilant uh, and may not notice as as many things as i do um i think tank is a he's a little more uh, opportunistic yeah. with her so uh so the behavior there is a little different and now i think with that energy level it, for me being a four into a seven with another dog, um, instigating tank, it would just be higher with her. So I think that's also something that i take into consideration, like how well is this going to mesh with the whole family? Um, but to specifically answer your question, I'm just looking for, can I shut both of these dogs off after they've started playing? I mean, can I really reel it down easily or are they going to be resetting constantly?
0: Right. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's a good point. And that that actually goes back to what I was, if I didn't say it clearly what I meant to say was a a dog that that you can that that pays attention to you that is in that's the word i'm looking for that's influenced by you more than anything else so if you bring a new dog in and he changes tank That's that may be too much work or maybe that's something that you just have to notice early on and and work on. But for me, any new dog that comes in, they have to be influenced by me first and foremost. And any of my dogs don't get to change, meaning they don't get to be more excitable with a new. If a a dog comes in and relaxes my dogs even more, I'm totally cool with that. But I don't want I don't want them to be. Well, maybe Vivian could have a little more energy, but I certainly don't want Ariel to be more excited or more energetic or more nervous or anxious or or any of that. Um, and, and so, you know, we'd like our, our listeners to, to note that for themselves, too, so that when they're going to look for, for another dog, to really pay attention to those dynamics between the new dog and the dog you currently have, but at the very least between the, the dog you're considering and yourself and your family so that... You know the, everything still stays a, stays a constant and you're, you're the the number one influence in the in the dog's life and not uh, you add this new card to the deck you shuffle the deck and all of a sudden wow, everyone is completely changed and you don't even know anyone anymore
1: right absolutely that, that's a great point I, so to kind of hit on the changes in behavior um, how long I, I mean, we may have kind of hit this early, but how long would you give yourself let's say you initially got a good feeling for this dog? Um, but you end up bringing him home and things aren't really what they seem. Maybe it's just a dynamic in your house. Cause obviously it's going to be different between being at the shelter and once you get home and you are and you yourself are really low energy and where your dogs are normally. Um, how long would you give, I guess the, a, a period of, um, I don't really. I can't. Like, really think, like a grace period. Yeah, yeah. What would yeah. your grace period be for for a new animal coming in?
0: Typically, if it's if it's a dog who's anxious and won't settle down, I have to remind myself forty eight hours. After forty eight hours, they should be pretty well settled down. Um, if a dog isn't anxious, then you know either either know within a day or two at maximum kind of four days um you know when i first started fostering i would you know i'd give myself between a a week and two weeks but but now i have a really clear idea of what i'm what i'm looking for what i like about a dog so yeah it's just a just a few days um and you know i can pick up from my dogs whether they're gonna be assisting me in calming this dog down or whether they're irritated by the dog and that the dog is, is, you know, amping them up, um, or if they don't even pay any attention to the dog. And that that could tell me that, like with Sakura, is they didn't pay her much mind because she didn't want to have anything to do with them, or sometimes dogs won't pay dog another attention because that dog is, is off or, or unstable or something. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd say usually usually within a few days I, I have a very clear idea of, of whether some uh, something is is missing with the with the my relationship with the dog whether it's going to work out that sort of thing.
1: Gotcha. And then as far as this grace period goes, how do you typically sh- like structure that time? Are you giving this dog uh, a chance to to kind of integrate into the pack, or are you, do you would you I mean would you treat him like a uh, like a new hire? I mean as a dog as, as the dog comes in, are you kind of Um, super vigilant or are you trying to return back to your normal life as soon as possible and see if the dog fits in? I guess, I mean, it could be very complex. Are you trying to force that mold or how how does that work for you?
0: No, that's a really cool question. And the the short answer is I just, you know, the new dog comes in and I am vigilant about them because I want to know, are they going to chew something? Are they going to pee on something? But really it's like, okay, we have a new pack member, Everyone go back, go about your business. We're, we're back on, on schedule. So I don't want anything to, to skip a beat. And, you know, kind of going off on a bit of a tangent here, the same thing when a dog leaves. When a foster dog leaves or when a dog dies, I need to be the constant for my dog so that the pack doesn't suffer when a new member comes in or when an old member leaves. Right. And so we really stick to the stick to the program, um, you know, w- with, with close supervision for a new dog coming in, uh, but as much as possible so that there's no bumps in the road, but once again, so that I'm the major influence in the, in the dog's life. And as long as I stay constant you know, within my right. set of normal, normal human moods, um, that the dog always has me to depend on or always has the pack to depend on.
1: Right. So, yeah, I mean, essentially you are non-reactive to, to the situation that's going on. Uh I'll make a comment here, or maybe even ask you a question to see if you agree. Um, and I, I think a lot of people run into this problem, um, but it's it's okay for a dog not to work out. I mean, do you do you oh, agree? Yeah. Yeah, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that that's definitely a, a fair point. And um, you know, we've. I I think we've all had uh, had experiences where a dog isn't isn't right for us. And we've certainly had a ton of experiences where we're trying to help out someone that we realize that they don't have the right dog for them. And that's not good for them. And that's not not good for the uh, the dog either. But yeah, it's perfectly acceptable, you know, to uh, to realize and, and to do something about it that, okay, this dog is not right for me or I'm not right for for this dog. And and not to feel bad about it, you know. Don't feel like you let someone down, or, or you know, let the dog down, or let yourself down. And don't, don't be defeated. Just do what you can to, um, you know, find the the best home you can for that for that dog, and and move forward. And you know, try and find try and find the next the next right dog for yourself.
1: Right. Yeah. No. I I, I feel like uh, being in a client's home and kind of discussing things with them and seeing how much how much time and energy they're capable of putting into the relationship with their dog. Um, you know, say you give it a one to 10 scale and their dog is a seven or an eight. And they don't really have, they don't, they don't have it in them, um, to get the dog where it needs to be, you know? And, and I, I recognize this easily because yeah. when, when I come in and I, 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 first I want to make sure the dog responds well to me. I'm like, okay, this dog is capable of what you are looking for, right. but are you capable of what this of, of making this dog what you're looking for. And I think that's really, um, th- that's the biggest thing. I, are you, are you capable of, um, shaping this dog and, and, and creating the pack that you're looking for? Um, or is it just kind of ne- unnecessarily going to get out of hand if, th- if that makes sense? Yeah.
0: And that's a, that's an excellent point, And that's something that I, that I tell new clients is I, I tell, tell them that, our job is twofold is one where we're there to teach them to speak dog how to communicate effectively with dogs on, in the dog language and number two we're there to show them what their dog is capable of and then to guide them towards being able to get that same version of the dog that we were able to get um, and so what you just said are these people capable of getting this version of their dog, this getting this good, a dog that we've been able to get for the hour and a half that, uh, that we're there. And there have been a few times, not a ton, but probably, probably six or six or seven times over the years where I've, I've told clients, I said, you know, you may want to consider finding a different home for this dog. Cause it, it doesn't look to me. And I, you know, I put it as diplomatically as possible then, but still get my point across, right. you know, I may say it doesn't look to me like, um, uh, you know, like like you're the best match for this dog, and here are the reasons why. So I break it down for him. I try to be polite and, and diplomatic about it, but recognizing that, you know, this is this is not a good match. This dog is way too energetic, or you're way too uptight a person, or, you know, you've got way too much on your plate with... Kids and two other dogs and a parakeet and a turtle and a full-time job and you, and your spouse's full-time job and you know kids from coming home, home from college so sometimes it's just too much and a and a dog or a second dog or a third dog just overloads the system and I'd rather tell them that and get them at least considering that so they know, okay, this is how serious this guy thinks this could be a problem. So I'm going to redouble my efforts and see if I can make this work. Or, you know what, this is too much. I kind of sense that I need to look to, to find this dog a new a new home.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and I also appreciate that, the, the fact that you were able to get your message across so clearly and so bluntly but tactfully, I, 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 me, myself, I, I, I don't know if I, I kind of uh, pose a series of questions for the clients to kind of help them come to a self-realization like, you know, sure, I don't think this is going to work for you. Um, and then more or less showing them how much energy it takes, how much time, effort, and energy it takes to get the results out of these dogs. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, it, I, and I'm glad you agree, I think it's, it's, it's very important to know your limits and uh, know what you're capable of and the time and energy that you can put into the relationship and uh, just just be realistic with yourself and, and with the dog uh,
0: you had one other thing you wanted to say uh,
1: it was pretty much along the same lines that I, I think a lot of times people will get a dog f- for whatever case if it's it's dumped on them um, or maybe they even a, a they've adopted a dog that may be a higher level energy and I often hear it um, that people want they're like oh I want to make this dog a therapy dog or, or, or a service dog I'm like man that in itself I mean first off the dog has to be completely non-reactive I think you really need to check yourself when it comes to that it, it just and realize how much work that is and I think just just start small keep it simple stupid kind of mm-hmm. thing um, and just just have realistic expectations
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, the service dog thing, that's a, that's a whole nother topic that that we'll get into uh, um, another time. Yeah. Here. Sorry about that. Uh, no, 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 that, that, that's fine. Cause that is something that we, that we should discuss. Cause that's, that's been big on social media these days as well. Um, but anyway, so that wraps it up for, uh, for this topic of, you know, our relationships with, uh, with dogs. And, and we hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. Um, so thank you once again for, for joining us. We appreciate uh, you listening and subscribe to us, like us on Facebook. Fire away any questions you have. You can contact us directly at brian at gooddogworkshop.com or text or call at 703-489-1319. Thank you once again for being here, Josh. This is always cool to do these with you. Thank you, Brian. All right. Take care, everyone.